Welcome, everybody, to Talking Fates, the Star Wars podcast where we discuss another Star Wars podcast, specifically Duel of the Fates, a podcast in nine parts based on the alleged Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow draft of the Star Wars Episode Nine script. I'm John Murray, co-host of Star Wars TV Talk, along with my TV Talk cohort, Zach Logan, and we are joined this week by Duel of the Fates voice talent, Aiden Bocrossi and Dan Berger, who play Chancellor Hux and Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, respectively, in the second episode of the Limited Run 9 installment podcast. All right, Zach, why don't you take it from here? Well, first of all, I just want to thank the voice of Hux, Aiden, and the voice of Kylo Ren, Dan. I am so honored to have you guys here, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. It's it's really exciting to be part of any of this. This is great. <laughs> this is all so fun. <laughs> now, I hear that you guys have a project going on of your own in the podcasting world. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, that's, that's Aiden's baby, so I'll let him uh, run with it. Run with your baby. Okay. Um, so I produce and host in a YouTube podcast show called Game of Scotch. And Dan is a host of one of the segments of Game of Scotch called Press Start to Start. Um, it is mainly, it's kind of like what in the title, it's uh, video games and we talk about different beers, specifically craft beer. Um, it's kind of funny that it's called Game of Scotch, but we drink beer on the show. So that's kind of I don't funny. actually like scotch all that much. No, <laughs> it just worked because we wanted the game and watch and the game of scotch was what worked best. Gotcha. Yeah, we're, um, we're good at rhyming. We're good at rhyming. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more so just kind of a tongue in cheek um, kind of satirical podcast about the fact that we are two white guys who talk about video games and drinking, breaking no new ground. Never ever. been done um, before. But it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun anyway. So we uh, yeah, kind of take the piss with that there. Yeah. Very good. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. Gaming culture, nerd culture. Yeah. And we record Press Start to Start in a uh, really cool bar in downtown Toronto called Mom's Basement. And it's just a really cool, like. In the before times. In the before yes. times. Yeah. Yes. Now we're. <laughs> before the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Before the apocalypse. Before the dark times. Before the boring apocalypse. Come on, guys. Yeah. But any any Star Wars fan, any any kind of nerd culture fan should check out that like we're not, we're not paid to say this, but mom's basement. It feels yeah. like somebody's mom's basement from the from the 80s or 90s. The dudes who run it are coolest, coolest fellows. So they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be jealous that we're, we're getting to do this today. Very good. Well, we have a pretty awesome episode of Duel of the Fates to talk about. And I just want to start with Hux's introduction in this episode because it's kind of right from the get go here. So first of all, I want to point out that I loved this return to Coruscant. I thought that this was very creative in the writing process. Of course, we got teased with this early on in the game that this is where they were going. Of course, things didn't work out and we didn't get a return to Coruscant, but we get this execution on display in like a what what was it like 70 stories of General Hux basically <laughs> commentating what's going on. So my question for Aiden is what was your approach to this character and did you draw from any other material other than what was already established? Um I kind of just yeah a lot of it was watching how uh Chancellor Hux was played in the uh original trilogy uh but he's just kind of evil British man, space Nazi type deal. So I just uh, had to work on my British accent, which was difficult. I'm not very great with that, um, but it was a lot of fun and being evil is great. So I just 
drawing from wanting to be evil all the time. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hux only really has one gear. There's not a lot of layers to Hux. He's, uh, he's always Why yelling, long, you know, always yeah. yelling. It goes from zero, zero to Nazi like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> chill out, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we have Hux who of course in episode seven has this amazing speech that he gives on Starkiller base. And then that's kind of the last we see of this, that version of Hux. So I was actually yeah. really excited to listen to this version. And so Aiden, you did an outstanding job mm-hmm. at providing you. your voice and getting us uh, this Hux uh, in the first early drafts, episode nine. So, you know, thank you for your performance. That was amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. He had a lot more to do in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, uh, interesting that his trajectory in the movies that we ended up getting, he, he ends up getting kind of cowed and sidestepped. Yeah. And he's more of a wannabe by the third film. Um, yeah. but in this one, he's very ascendant, you know, like right out of the gate, he's, he's been hugely promoted. You know, he's basically, uh, ruling in Kylo Ren's stead. Um, yeah. so it's a very different, uh, take on Hux than, than what we ended up getting, uh, in Rise of Skywalker. And, uh, I was eating it up. I thought this was a lot of fun and it was a very, uh, maybe Les Mis or I can't think of what yeah. it would be. So, something He's kind something of almost, the Javert. Of, yeah. Of yeah. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, they were, uh, you can definitely see what, uh, Trevorrow and Connolly were, were digging at with this. And it was a, a really fun take on Hux. And I'm glad that we got a capable performance to bring it to life. Cause it, it really, it really does kind of, you know, pop, pop out of, uh, pop out of your podcast app um that particular scene um not just your performance but also you know the alien almost like viva la resistance you know yeah. as, as he is being brought to the <laughs> yeah. uh so this 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 for my money this is you know the the most fun scene that we've had up to this point uh so in, fun. in this little adventure um yeah i was eating this one up so hi, sure. hi marks I, I think that uh, this one really came together nice now now i just want to hear aiden say 24601 <laughs> in hux's voice <laughs> maybe later buy me a drink uh, mu- musical theater joke sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So I am actually behind on all this and I'm kind of staying out of the loop. So I have not actually read the script beyond this episode. I'm actually trying to approach this from getting caught up as this nine parts takes us through it. So Aiden, I have a task for you and I oh. ask you to try to do it without spoiling anything, which is quite the task. So if you feel like you're coming up on a spoiler, you can just say, uh, okay, maybe you don't maybe I won't say that." But what is Hux's motivation in all this? Because clearly he's got, he's got some motivation. Um, how I interpreted Hux in this uh, iteration of, of the script, he seems kind of jealous of Kylo Ren. He's got all this power, and I think he kind of wants that. And also, even in the, the scenes that are in this episode, he's kind of like, you know, Kylo Ren's not my master. He's not anyone's master. He's kind of not a big deal. And so I just kind of took that <laughs> as like, He's kind of jealous that he's force sensitive. He's, uh, he has this destiny that, that's up for him. And, and Hux, I think, wants that. Like in the, the, the actual movies, he doesn't get to explore that much of his character, right? He's kind of underutilized. Mm-hmm. So it's just really cool working with what this script was giving us. And, um, yeah, that was basically without spoiling mm-hmm. anything. That's basically his motivations, his, um, <laughs> his character. Yeah. You got to tread kind of lightly. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan, what, uh, once again, without spoiling, uh, <laughs> where is Kylo Ren and Hux's relationship? Where do we find them in this version of episode nine? What's going on with them? And how did you approach this as Kylo Ren? Well, 
I, I used to work with Aiden funny enough. Uh, and, and he was incredibly, uh, a giant pain in my side all the time. And so I just worked with that. Um, no, it, <laughs> you drew was, from a very true place. Yeah. 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 Okay, I and, got it. uh, yeah, spent most of my, uh, my breaks trying to force choke him, but it never worked. So, um, no, no, he's great. Salt of the earth. Um, Oh I, I, I think their, their relationship is interesting because it's, it's one of necessity. They both clearly dislike each other, but know that they can't, uh, proceed with anything really without the other one. So it's a kind of a tenuous relationship. It's by no means a friendship. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely some kind of, tenuous relationship there where it's just of necessity Mm -hmm. of evil necessity, but of necessity nonetheless. Wow. That was just greatly said. I I really appreciate that because that I feel like really does speak to what's going on here. I mean, you have that whole, uh, that basically this giant conference call that Hux has with these other leaders and they're asking about Kylo Ren and he's just like, he's, he's doing his own thing. Just leave me alone. He's got his own shit. He's he's not home. He's not home. (laughs) So John, what was your biggest takeaway between these two characters and the small interactions that we got in this episode? Well, I I don't know if I have any, you know, brilliant thoughts on the the two characters that we haven't already covered. Like like I said there there is some classic storytelling here and something almost French uh revolution about where we started with all this that was a lot of fun. I like the idea that Kylo is very single-minded in his pursuit of, you know, uh, ascending in in to the dark side by by hunting down this holocron. I, I like that. I like that we kind of got a glimpse of that on screen in Rise of Skywalker, but it doesn't um it certainly doesn't have the narrative weight of what we get here with with this legit holocron. You know, it seems like they kind of just simplified that by turning it into a wayfinder and they don't really give you much context for why he's on Mustafar in the movie, but here we know that, you know, this is all tied into Vader's abandoned castle and that this was a part of the contingency plan that that Palpatine was laying out. Uh, for Vader. So there's something more organic about how we meet up with our characters. So I really like that. I, I feel like they were trying very hard to dovetail with Last Jedi a little more elegantly than maybe Rise of Skywalker, where it's just sort of, you know what, that was a thing, but now we're going to do this thing, you know, so that there isn't as much attempt to weave uh, narrative between the stories i feel like we're getting more of that here so i just i like the pacing of where we're at and i like where the characters heads are at and i think that's what is the most satisfying aspect of this chapter of the story and we find kylo ren in a really interesting place and it's actually described in the script as he is bearded and weary mm-hmm. and then we get he's here at vader's castle like john said so dan a similar question for you how did all of this inform your performance and what was your approach for this version of Kylo Ren? I see. I'm actually, I'm like you, I haven't read the full script. So when I was given this piece, I this, this other than like knowing the scene number, I didn't know how it fit in, in relation to the rest of the script. And so I'm, I'm going along with this uh, episode by episode as well. And so for, for me, when I saw Mustafar, I'm like, nice. Okay. I know the gravity of this place from the prequels and then the brief scene in Rogue One and just moving forward from, from there. And, uh, and then knowing 
now how far in the future it is from the last time we've seen it, that it's, I mean, it's on a lava planet. The place can't be in any great shape, but you're really going uh, like Kylo was going to his, I'm going to my grandpa's house. Like, <laughs> and, but the, with such weight and gravity there that well, going to my very evil grandpa's house who I got to go get, you know, his, his holocron. And there's such a, a tremendous burden that I think he knows he's approaching. He know he knows something whether or not he recognizes it as evil, he knows something dark is probably waiting for him there or whoever approaches. And I think I approach it with, uh, with fear, but determination. Mm. I, 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 that's kind of how I, I felt like he doesn't want it. Nobody would want to go in there, uh, knowing Vader's history and everything. Um, but he has to, into his mind. So I think there was a lot of reticence there, but pushing through it. And so that's kind of where I went with that. Interesting. I like that take. Yeah. There is something foreboding about the entrance and the, the script doesn't dwell on that aspect of it, but you do see in Kylo Ren's performance in, in the movies that he's always trying to like steal himself and kind of like psych himself up to be a badass, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you can kind of get a sense that, yeah, maybe, you know, th- that's where his head would be at. Uh, he wants this, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he craves the the potential of, of what he could discover here, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a little part of him that's still kind of quaking in his boots a bit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. I like the opportunity to talk with you guys because you have to get in the character's head a lot more than the script will allow. So you have to, you have to find that performance and, and find what's motivating the character a little bit more than what's spelled out. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a fun take on it. Thanks. I can get behind that. It was, it was so much fun, uh, uh, doing all of this. It's, it's great. I, I don't know when, when Jamie asked me to, to participate, I thought it's like, oh, cool. You need some like Porg VOs or something. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I'll do that. But he's like, oh yeah, I need a Kylo. Oh, okay. You know what? For, for what it's worth as I was listening to it, I thought, okay, there's something very distinct about Adam driver's voice. He has. I'm going to call it like a throatiness, but it's not really mm-hmm. that it's, it's almost, there's something guttural. I always felt like he was about to cry. Yeah. Just, there, yeah. There it is. <laughs> I'm so upset with you right now. Like just That's holding it. it back. Yeah. With a lump in his throat. I'm glad that you were able to find that because there was something about your cadence and something about, um, yeah, just pulling in that air in your throat and, uh, relying on that a bit in the performance that feels like Adam driver. And so, uh, I don't know. I think that's some inspired casting. I'm, I'm amazed that Jamie just happened to have so many capable people at arm's reach that could inhabit these characters. Last week I was singing Rose Tico's praises. Cause I think yes. that, uh, there, there's a real sense of Kelly Marie Tran in, in what we got in the first episode. And I think that both of you guys really nailed your parts as well. Oh, I don't want to just dwell on Kylo because, no. uh, as much as, uh, Aiden, you, you may question your British accent. I, I think that there was, you know, a mustache twirling evil yep. that was spilling over in your performance that was very Doofen appropriate. Schmerz. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it, it was all there. And I, I think that this episode really soared because you guys were bringing your all to it. So high marks. Oh, well, thank you very thank much. You so much. And you guys did it in a way to where even though this is an audio drama, I could actually visualize what's going mm-hmm. on. And, and of course, part of that's due with the narration. But you guys just really provide it to where I felt like I could see even the facial expressions going on on both Hux mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren's face. So, I mean, just once again, to applaud your performance on that, because that, that was just really cool to to experience when you're sitting at home during this quarantine and listening to this <laughs> uh, to the second part of, of Duel of the Fates. 
Oh, well, that's really kind of you. Thank you. Before we round things out, Zach, I just want to give uh, a quick shout out to the the score and mm-hmm. the the soundtrack. I think maybe uh, Jamie and Co were finding their footing a little bit on the first episode, but I feel like mm-hmm. this one it really had a, a lot of potency, and it so really good. was making these scenes. Uh, you know, sparkle uh, a bit more. Uh, so yeah, like when you guys are saying, you know, you need to find your character and you want to be able to project yourself into those scenes. I, I really think that the finished product here was, was uh, really capitalizing on everything you brought and surrounding it and something that was, yeah, just very, very rich. So definitely I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this chapter for such a homespun low budget, you know, like just let's pull this together with no resources. Um, it's, it's, coming together pretty darn good i gotta say i i think it's been such a great project and like part of when i when i signed up for it i thought oh this is going to be like the uh the radio drama episode of fraser it's gonna be a <laughs> lot of fun and it was way more fun than that <laughs> very good well dan i have one final question for you with your performance here so were you like envisioning or imagining luke skywalker kind of in the room with you with, with between this interaction between the two of them because i really felt your emotion whenever you're kind of taunting luke in the scene where you're just like ah oh, where did your path lead you're a ghost like all the so it, how did you do that well i um i i kind of always had it in my head like well from the last Jedi actually at the end of that, when Luke says um, like, I'm basically, I'm going to always be there kid. Yeah. Like just, or whatever the line. <laughs> see see it, around but, kid. Yeah. See around kid. And, and yeah, that carried some weight and it's like, yeah, he probably will. Cause he, cause he's, he's cheeky and he learned from Yoda who's the cheekiest. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, he's going to hang around and, um, Kylo probably knew that, yeah, all right, I'm going to be haunted all the hell. And, and he was, and he's in my mind, he, he's just getting so sick of it right now. Just let me go get the holocron in peace. Damn it. <laughs> and, and he's, and he's not, and he's, he is better for worse, a Skywalker. So he's got the bit of the smarmy lip mm. of a Skywalker slash solo child, you know, like there, there's, gonna be some vinegar to his personality <laughs> there and um i kind of feel like this script let him have a little more f- maybe not fun but to let the solo side of him come out where sure. yeah we'll we'll kind of spit that hot fire so to speak and um yeah it was it was that was a lot of fun to kind of play around with and uh, i drew on some of my own you know personal issues i've had in the past where it's like, okay yeah i've put my foot in my mouth well how did i do that the best oh this way okay yeah <laughs> you do that a lot dan good at being a pain in the ass <laughs> my favorite part with this interaction was that even though kylo ren like slashes at luke's ghost luke like while he's not really portraying himself to kylo ren anymore he's still talking to him and still mm-hmm. still has like the final word of go back home yeah <laughs> so it's it this was just all so amazing i had so much fun with with these two uh with these two characters in this episode so i mean Mm -hmm. it was great thank you guys so much thank you thank you yeah no problem it came together really nice can't wait to find out where we uh, get to next week Mm -hmm. so aiden and dan where can our listeners find more about you do you have uh, social media links that you want to share with our listeners so that they can find you elsewhere yeah so uh, our our YouTube channel Game and Scotch. Um, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's just at Game and Scotch. If you want to follow me, I'm at abok ninety three a b o k ninety three. And yeah, and I'm 
at Dan Barra Burger on all the reputable and disreputable social media <laughs> accounts. I, uh, and my website, danbarraburger.com for when the aftertimes come along and that you can still book people from, for stand-up comedy shows and public speaking gigs. Cause that's what I do normally, but not now. So, not now. <laughs> so John, what are your final comments on this episode? And then where can people find uh, more of you in the social media sphere? Uh, final word. I liked it. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> listen and uh, people should tune in because once all nine of these are put together, it'll be a, a fun rainy afternoon. Listen, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, thumbs up so far. People want to find me. They can check out the Saturday night live after party podcast on any podcast catching app or at snlpodcast.com or on all the social media outlets at SNL podcast. We cover SNL. We just rounded out season 45 talking about their at home editions. Uh, we have a lot of fun over there and we're going to be doing our postseason extravaganza and uh, yeah, we'll see where we land. If anyone's into that sort of thing, SNLpodcast.com. And then, of course, you can find us at StarWarsTVTalk.com and by searching for Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Well, until we meet back with our heroes and villains in the next installment <laughs> of Duel of the Fates, this is Zach Logan signing off from the Resistance. Please don't execute me. <laughs> <laughs>